Hello friends, it's Alison here from Sanctuary down in Warrnambool and reflecting on the Christmas story as told in Luke. A baby is born in a little village, it doesn't really matter where. The women attending send out word and soon a line is forming at the door. One by one, every member of the village and every visitor to the village and every traveller passing through comes inside and greets the newborn. They introduce themselves to the baby and they welcome the baby into the world. In many parts of the world for most of history, where ideas like individual and privacy are non-existent, being born into a crowd is normal and being greeted by dozens of people soon after birth is completely normal too. In some cultures, it's on the day they're born. In others, it's on day eight. Whenever it happens, because it's so normal, it doesn't need to be spelled out. Everyone knows that's how babies arrive, into a sea of faces. First, the women who companion the labouring mother, and then everyone else. But being welcomed by a crowd is not what most of us know. Our women usually labour in hospital wards and visitors are limited. When baby gets home, family is often asked to be left alone and let's not even mention COVID. But this is why we have such a false picture of Jesus and his family. We so often think of Mary and Joseph and Jesus as an independent nuclear family, just as many of us live our own lives. But Luke's account is a story of crowds through and through. Sometimes they're mentioned, sometimes they're implicit. First, there's Elizabeth who celebrates Mary's pregnancy and shelters her young cousin for months. And then there's the hometown of Bethlehem, crammed with countless relatives. When the baby is born, the shepherds turn up, because anyone can come in. They share their news with the people they meet, and all the crowd was amazed. Soon afterwards, we meet Simeon at the temple, who prophesies over the baby, and Anna too, who speaks to everyone who will listen. And a few years later, as was the custom, this child travelled to Jerusalem in such a big group that nobody noticed when he went AWOL. Because when 40 or 50 of you are travelling with a dozen little boys, it's impossible to keep track of them all. The boy grew up to be a man constantly surrounded by crowds pressing in, and he invited them all to be family. For he said to them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. He opened his family to everyone. But wait, you say, we know the story. There was no room at the inn. Mary laid her baby in a manger. They must have been alone in a stable. So let's do a little bit of deconstruction. The word often translated as inn is cataluma, but there is no inn. There are other words which mean inn, but this isn't any of those words. Instead, it just means guest room. It's a little room, perhaps on the roof where guests are put up, 
but what with the census and all, and everyone being forced to travel to their hometown. By the time Mary and Joseph get to their relative's house, the guest room is overflowing. But these are Middle Easterners, Abraham's people. Hospitality is the ultimate value for relatives, for strangers, and for those who are simply passing by. Remember old Abraham? He ran after strangers to ensure that they were welcomed and fed, because that's what you do. Okay, okay, you say, the guest room is full, but Mary laid her baby in a manger. That must mean a stable or an outbuilding, except that it doesn't. Because in a 1st century or even a 20th century traditional Palestinian home, you only have one main room. There's a lower part, where the animals are brought inside at night for protection and for warmth. And then there's a few steps up to a platform. The platform is where the humans live, eating and working and chatting and sleeping in the radiant heat given off by the animals. And this same platform is just high enough so that the mangers on the edge of it are the right height for animals to feed. And if a baby's in a manger, it's warm, it's protected. Nobody will step on it in a dim and crowded room. And boy, is that room full. You know how it is when everyone turns up. First the guest room, and then the couch, then the rug in front of the fire, and the kids in a tent in the yard. There are people and bedrolls everywhere. And this young girl is going into labour. She needs to be near women and warmth. But of course, there are aunties and cousins and a granny or two as Mary breathes hard and someone rubs her back and someone else softly hums. People try not to worry as they remember little Judith last year who didn't make it. And someone is reciting a prayer. There are groans and panting sobbing and sighs and muttered instructions, warm water, towels. The tension is mounting when with one final push, out the little one comes. It's a boy, praise God, and mum's alive, and soon enough the bleeding stops. Auntie cuts the cord and ties it off, and Granny sheds a tear of relief, because with such a young girl, you never know. The baby is put on the breast, wrinkled hands guiding the teenage nipple. Annie snorts and snuffles and tries to suckle when the shepherds come barreling in. And on their tail perhaps comes everyone else, the members of the village and every visitor to the village and every traveller passing through. Because this baby is good news of great joy to all the people. And he needs to know who all these people are. So we line up and introduce ourselves and welcome him in to our ordinary messy lives and relationships in our messed up and ordinary world. Jesus, he's not tucked away in some sad and lonely stable far away from the rhythms of life. 
Instead, he's born into the middle of things. A family, a crowd, a neighbourhood, a culture, which make room and welcome him in. Emmanuel, God with us. He graces everyday people and everyday places. Even dysfunctional families and fractious relationships and villages at the edges of empire. The Word became flesh. He doesn't take away our bodies and stretch marks and nipples and wounds, our griefs or fears or failures. But he enters into them and shares them with us and makes all things holy. Saviour. He is good news of great joy for all the people. Not just the special ones or the good ones or the ones who have their act together. And just as we introduce ourselves and welcome him in, he welcomes us into his family. So with the whole world around us, heaven and earth, angels and shepherds, stars and mitochondria and dust, let us rejoice. With the animals who gave up their manger, with Elizabeth who sheltered his mother, with the extended family who first welcomed and raised him, let us make room. With the shepherds and wise men and countless guests, let us make ourselves known to him and let us celebrate. Because God knows and loves the earth and the people of earth in all their ordinary lives. And a baby was born into the midst of things to fill earth with the culture of heaven. Thanks be to God. There's always more to read on our website. That's sanctuarybaptist.org. Sanctuary is funded entirely by members and supporters. And if you'd like to support the work of this little church, you can make a donation via PayPal. And you can find the details for this on the website. This recording was made on the lands of the Eastern Ma Nation. This month, Clematis microphylla is covered with seed tufts, earning its name of Old Man's Beard. The ocean is calm, the air is warm, and stingrays are swimming in the bay. The peace of the land be with us all. Amen. <laughs>